welcome along to episode 10 of the Luton Town Sports Trust podcast, season 5, episode 10, that is. Uh, if you've listened to the previous nine, you'll know that I'm Kev, I'm the host for this podcast. Before I bring in my guests, we are recording this on Wednesday 30th of March, which means it's 11 years ago today that the great Ian Pierce left us, and at the Trust we're all always indebted to Mr Pierce for that rousing speech that he gave at Kenilworth Road in 2003. We all know Piercy very well. He'll be looking down on what's happening this season with great pride and he'll be having the time of his life up there. So uh, our thoughts are with his family, friends and everyone else um, today. OK, let's move on. Luton Town are third in the championship. I'll say that louder. Luton Town are third in the championship. And uh, to join me to explain exactly how that's happened, I've got the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe. And joining us again, we've got Luton Town. Uh, Sports Trust Chairman Tony Murray. Chaps, how are we doing? Good, Good mate. <clears throat> you? Yeah, very well. Very well indeed. Uh, James, we'll come on to how it's all happened and everything uh, shortly, but that league table done half look bloody good right now, doesn't it? It's a pretty picture and it's uh, it's been a nice view when there's been no football to watch. So, yeah. Yeah, I must be. I must have clicked that league table about a million times. And the best thing, Tony, is it hasn't changed. We are still third in that league table. Oh yes, even though you still got to keep pinching yourself, Kevin. Yeah, you really do. And as I say, we'll we'll come on to what it all means and what it is and everything shortly. But let's just reflect on the three games since the last podcast, uh, which is, well is a big reason of how we got there. Actually, funnily enough, James. We gave it the big build-up, the QPR game, as how it was going to be such a pivotal game in what was going to happen between now and the end of the season. And as it turns out, we lost, yet we still finished third at the end of the week. But really and truly, we were beaten by 14 men rather than the 11 that were wearing Tesco bag shirts that day. (laughs) (laughs) We were robbed. I just felt they were robbed, to be honest. Uh, QPR didn't have a sniff, really, until Naismith chopped down Grey, stupid, stupid foul. And then, um, yeah, the the goal was offside. The winning goal was offside. And, you know, Naismith's shanking it out for a corner when it, it's an easy clearance. So, <clears throat> other than that, they didn't really offer much. And I thought the defence had had uh, Grey and uh, eventually Charlie Austin in, in their pockets. But it's cut, can't beat. QPR just can't do it. I don't know what it is. And um, yeah, Nathan Jones afterwards, the most dejected I've ever seen. You've probably all seen the um, uh, the club video, which he did, but then he came into the press boys afterwards and uh, where so there was no cameras around. So, but yeah, he was just, he was beyond dejected. I've never seen anything like it, but uh, didn't really matter at the end of it because, you know, the next game comes along and then um, swap places and QPR are where they probably deserve to be. Yeah, absolutely. They go on and lose to Peterborough and uh, everyone's kind of wondering exactly how how that's happened. Of course, Tony, I mean, James mentioned the penalty decision, which actually I think was the one decision that the referee got right all afternoon. But what he didn't get right was sending or not sending Elias Chair off at half-time for um, laying Tom Lockyer out. And yeah, Tom Lockyer might have gone down a little bit easy, but at the end of the day, he still raised his hand to his face and should have should have been sent off. He should have gone. Um yeah, you, you just can't raise your hands like that, you know. Um, and uh, it was it was beyond belief that he he didn't walk. Um, I, I, the, the officials were absolutely awful. Um, 
And I, I, I think the penalty was dubious as well, to be honest with you, because if you look at it from different angles, it looked like Gray dived um, over Lockyer's leg. But, you know, again, we'd be laughing if that sort of decision had been given for us. And just to add to James's point as well, yeah, the guy was offside, but he was also impeding um, James Shea as well. So the goal shouldn't have stood. So it was uh, it was just an abysmal performance by the the officials all round. Um, but I was going to say, out of the three of us, I have actually seen Luton beat QPR on more than one occasion. So uh, it'd be yes, nice yes. to do it. They do it again, but um, they definitely. I don't know. They they always seem to get the rub of the green. They seem to get the officials. We just we just <laughs> hopeless and and. and you know the performance on that on that day. We deserve to win that game, but we come away with absolutely nothing. It's head scratching, really, isn't it? And that was the annoying thing. The one time that we've really played well against them, and we still come away with nothing, largely through no fault of our own. But James, we didn't really dwell on that. The good thing about this side, we've, we've said it so often on this podcast, is when it loses, it bounces back in style. And my word, did it bounce back in style? Uh, 4-0 win against Preston, where I guess the overriding thought is who needs centre-backs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the crazy thing, isn't it? We're talking about a team that's third in the division. They haven't got a centre-half between them at the minute. A fit one, anyway. Um, yeah, it's incredible, really. A, a defensive back line of full-backs, essentially. Uh, although Potts has had some experience as centre-half and, and uh, for, for my money, that's his better position. Um, so, he did really well there. Uh, Peter Kies as tenacious as they come, and um, and, and James Breeze shows he's got some flexibility there. So, um, but yeah, while while you can say sing the praises of the defence there to thump Preston four nil is there's no mean feat. So it it was exactly that a, a massive response from that disappointment against QPR, and and here we are third in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tony wasn't with us on the last podcast, but James said that Luke Berry wouldn't get into his midfield three, but he scored twice in that game. So <laughs> thankfully, Nathan was over that, that night and not, and not James. <laughs> um, Consistent as ever, James. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the previous time, I can't remember, I think it was Burke who didn't get into his team and he scored the following game as well. But um, we won't dwell too much on that. But Luke Berry... I, I better um, not pick Ad- Adebayo in my strikers <laughs> today in my score trick. Yeah, we, we will be covering the best attackers uh, in the second part of this podcast when we look ahead to what's to come. Um, Luke Berry, though, Tony, every time he's called upon, never, ever lets us down. Hasn't let us down in League 2, League 1 or the Championship. Uh, no, not at all. And he's finally showing that he is a championship player. I mean, uh, he played in the championship, I think, Barnsley, wasn't it? And uh, he didn't, they didn't think he made the grade. But he's definitely showing it now. And, and I think it's fantastic. I mean, when you look at that midfield, you wouldn't exactly call them the biggest midfield in the league. But the three of them, Barry, Campbell and Clark, they just look absolutely awesome. You know, and the beauty of Luke Berry is he's box to box as well, and he's got that knack of arriving in the opposition box at just the right moment and in just the right position, and that's something that you can't teach a player. He's he's been outstanding for us uh, every time he's played. He's been outstanding, and the goals return that he's got from the number of games he's played is fantastic. You'd think he was a striker. 
Yeah, you really would. And actually, his reading of the game is so impressive because there are so many goals that he scores from knockdowns from a striker. I remember at Blackburn, both of his goals were knockdowns to him and he scored. Elijah knocked it down to him uh, to open scoring against Preston. There's an awful lot of Luke Berry goals that come from just being in the right place. And I guess, James, it's kind of, it's a second sense, isn't it? You you just have that. You can't you can't learn that. You you just have to know where to be at the right time. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was I was stood next to Mike Simmons from the news when he asked Nathan Jones what what the secret is really, um, particularly around that flicked goal, the second one. Uh, and Nathan just said it's timing. It, he, he hones that to perfection, and it, it's difficult to disagree. Really, it's the it's the kind of um, thing that Frank Lampard carved out a career on, wasn't it, really? Um, working out where the best place was in the box for the ball to drop and having the calmness to to poke it away. So, um, yeah, he's really excelling uh, at the moment. And I, I'm, I'm pleased through him in the sense that he, so many people wrote him off. Uh, and he's showing... Not at least yourself. That, hey, that's, that, that, that's different. Uh, you gave me three midfielders. Second goal was <laughs> the second goal, goal, well, yeah, second goal. Was didn't it, didn't it seem to take forever to cross the line, though? Yeah, it totally caught the, the goalie on the put his weight on the wrong foot, and he couldn't get near it. it was a, I, I, yeah, I don't know how he squeezed it in. For my live view of mm-hmm. the goal, uh, it, was, it was like, how the hell did that go in? Um, but yeah, when you see the replays and the different angles, it's a very cheeky bit of skill. And speaking of seeing replays and things, um, obviously Peter Kioso's celebration foxed everyone, but it was definitely Fred who scored the second goal. And actually, Tony, he made a brilliant impact when he came on on that right side. Obviously, he came on for Reese Burke, whose hamstring uh, blew up after a quarter of an hour or whatever, which caused the reshuffle. Normally, when we've seen Fred in defence, we've seen him as the left wing back, but he played the right wing back this time. He terrorised the left back, the Preston left back, uh, all all night long. But... um, also got on the score sheet as well, so that was good for him. Yeah, it it, it seemed like Fred had come out, and uh, it, it looked like he had a point to prove. Um, it, it, I mean, <laughs> you felt sorry for that left back because Fred just left him for dead every time. He was eating Fred's dust all night, but um, that that actually looked quite promising. That the Fred down there and and Kioso playing in the centre-back spot as well. It, it just shows you how strong this squad is and how versatile the players are. And and not only that, the, the, the spirit and the determination amongst them as well, the way they bounce back and the way they, they handle games and, and they look good. And, and, and what's a makeshift defence, they look quite solid. They, they don't actually look like conceding goals, which, it, which is really good. And, and, and it's very pleasing to, to see that. And talking of not conceding goals, James, that was James Shea's 100th appearance in a Luton shirt, 40th clean sheet for him. Uh, it's a fantastic return for a guy who's just, well, I mean, he's just waited for his turn and never, and he's another one who never lets us down. He isn't. I mean, he was, you could you could make a case that he was all done by when he went up to championship because he's a golden glove winner in the league, one title winning season, and then he goes up to and spend a record amount on Simon Sluger and obviously he's going to be the the starting player and um, he wasn't great was he for the first few months of his, of his living career and I mean that's all changed now obviously we've spoken about that in previous podcasts but um, yeah so he's, it, he had to make do with a second second uh, spot place on the bench 
but you know when when Sluger did uh or when he did get injured uh or when he got covid <laughs> as well uh he's always come in and he's always impressed so um yeah i uh i've got a lot of time for james Shea, actually yeah i do as well and uh, his reaction uh, when we conceded in the following game just told you exactly how important clean sheets are to our team and why not let's go on to that um whole game tony we'll come on to the free kick that uh, lit the game up in a moment, but the game was dead and buried probably by half time, even though it was only one nil at the time. Hull were a bit toothless, really, in attack, but certainly uh, midway through the second half, it was done and dusted. Elijah in that game, he showed exactly what a number nine does in the championship. Yeah, he, he, he did. He, he's hold up play, his positioning, he's bringing others into the game as well. It's uh, uh, second. Uh, First rate, I should say, <laughs> second rate. Uh, I, I was actually going to go to say second to none, but um, <laughs> no, he, he's looked good, and, and and his goal as well was almost a carbon copy of the goal at uh, Coventry. Um, he looks good, and he he looks as if he's performing uh, uh, out of his skin. He's improved totally all the way since he, he joined us. Um, him and Harry Cornick. Uh, look as if they're starting to form a good partnership. I mean, and, and how unselfish was that for for uh, Cornick's goal? You know, because you could see Cornick was in a position to to definitely score, whereas most number nines would have uh, either taken it on themselves or, or try and placed it past the keeper from them. So, all round, you know, uh, top draw performance from Elijah. Can you believe how good he is, James? Uh. I mean, yes and no, really, because um, you've got to have faith in the the recruitment policy that Luton have. It's yielded so many good talents so far, but he has he did come from League Two, so to be as effective as he was, you know, he took his chance with his first start, got the goal, and he's never looked back. But uh, they've obviously seen something that no other team has been able to see. But there's one other team in there, Luton with Battles, and they were trying to get his signature. Scottish team, wasn't it? Huddersfield, he was going Huddersfield, Huddersfield, yeah, Huddersfield. Um, and that, yeah, they, they, all credit to them, they spotted that, but they've obviously also got the ability to um, work with him uh, and show him different things because it, it seems week on week that he just improves and improves and improves. Um, the, the amount of running he does as well is, 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 is madness. I mean, we all praise James Collins for everything he did off the ball. And this guy does it as well. I mean, he scored more goals than James Collins. And he's probably, you know, for as much as we love James Collins and his contribution, what he's done, at championship level, he's a better striker than James Collins. Mm-hmm. He absolutely is. And the, 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 um, vibrancy is given to our attack and gives to our attack. And like you say, Tony, brings so many more attacking players into the game. I mean, it's just incredible. And, you know, we've, we've spoken a lot to coaching staff and to, play, and to his teammates, and they still think there's more to come from him, which is scary for everyone else that we're going to come up against. That's for sure. Uh, James said a, an interesting line there, Tony, that Elijah improves week on week. Another player who's improving week on week in this side is James Bree. And oh, yeah. Yeah. he crowned uh, he crowned what's been a really good spell for him actually 
with a sumptuous free kick. A free kick that, to give the, the, the best kind of praise I can give it, was that if George Moncur took it, we'd never forget it. But it was James Bree who took it. And uh, what a free kick. Oh, it was a brilliant free kick. Um, you know, if, if that had been scored by a premiership uh, or Premier League team, I should say now, um, they'd have been raving about it on Match of the Day. Um, quality, absolute quality. He's always had it in him, the lad. Um, and I think he, he gave himself a bit of a mission at the start of the season, didn't he, to turn around the, the supporters. They're well behind him now. He's even got his own song, hasn't he? So, um, oh, I love, love the song. Yeah, I've got, he, do you know what, though? I've got an issue yeah. on the lyrics, which I think the people have missed a trick. Because the lyric, the lyric is "Sweet dreams are made of these," and surely yeah. with a name like James James Bree, it should be "Sweet dreams are made of cheese." Come on, people, yeah, definitely. Get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably, that was probably a bit too obvious, though, James, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> off the thumb, I think. You know, if you look at some of our support, you know, but he's uh, <laughs> no, quality, and he and he and he's looking. He, he really is looking the part. And fair play to him as well. He, he had to switch back to centre back as well, didn't he? So, uh, and he and he looked good there as well. So, you know, more power to his elbow. I think it's great to see. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to come on to him uh, fully shortly. We'll do a full player focus um, on on him. Um, the other thing to note from that game, James, when Alan Campbell and Jordan Clark are in the same midfield, my God, do the opposition know about it? It's amazing, isn't it? Um, you've got Ca- Campbell, who's like the all-action Duracell bunny, running around chasing people, snapping at their heels. And don't get me wrong, Clark does it as well. But Clark on the ball, he, um, his eye for a pass or to pick open a defence is, is is great. And you know, and particularly when you looked at that QPR game as well, he was up against some huge bruises, and he was given as good as he got. No, no bother with that whatsoever. So everything that Nathan Jones <clears throat> said he thought he, that that Jordan Clark had in him has come true. Even if Jordan Clark didn't even believe it as, at, at first, I bet he does now. Absolutely, he'll, he'll definitely believe it now. That is for sure. I mean, these two, Tony, they just complement each other so well. If one doesn't get the ball off the opposition, the other one will. And whichever one gets it now is just driving at the opposition. It's the, for the... For, um, the free kick that Bree scored, it was Jordan Clark, who may well have just have been about to shoot himself had he not have been side down by Tom Huddleston, who that was about as close as he could get to our midfield all afternoon. Um, but they are just, they're playing some fantastic football right now. Oh, yes. It, it, you know, it, it, it's really clicking for them at the moment. And um, it, it's so good to watch. Um, if, if you look, it, it took Alan uh, a, a, a little while to settle in when he came in from Scotland and get used to the pace of the game. But now, and you, and you think what they're doing now, and you think give him a couple of years um, experience in the championship, he's going to be some player. And, you know, the way he links with uh, Jordan Clark as well, you know, they seem to be aware of each other with Luke Berry coming into it as well. And even when, you know, Pelly's in there as well, they, they also, it, it just seems... A, a, a great mix of players and they all work very hard for each other and, you know, they go all game. I mean, with, with, with the two, with, with Clark and 
and Campbell, it, it, for a, midf- an opposition midfield player, it must be like having a couple of terriers snapping at your heels all the time. So eventually, you want to turn around and say, and give them a kick and say, you know, so we get a keep free kick like we did on on uh, in the game against Hull. Yeah, I think opposition kick them on the on the odd occasion that they're within kicking range of them because it's not very often yeah, anyone yeah. can get close enough to um, kick them. James, the other thing from that whole win, that's 18 times Elijah Adebayo scored in the Luton shirt in his Luton career and Luton haven't lost any of those 18. Coincidence or? Ooh, I don't know if you could say it's a coincidence, but the fact that they're winning more games than they're losing at the moment is a, is a factor, isn't it? But um, it's a great stat to have. They've lost, they lost that one against QPR of not having um, lost a game after scoring first, that sort of stretched back to 2016, I think. So this is the new one, isn't it? It used to be Pele, didn't it? Where whenever he scored, they never lost. So, um, yeah, it's good to have. It gives you confidence. I think if he scores first, there's confidence that the defence can keep a clean sheet. And that, that's obviously points on the board, I think. So, um, you know, however, however you get your confidence from these little stats, I think that they're all... Uh, important small cogs in a in a big wheel. Eighteen times he's only been here a year and two months. It's uh, it's quite crazy, and of course he's got more than eighteen goals because there are games that he scored more than once in. So uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic signing, Elijah, as we've um, pointed out right the way through. I'll stick with you, James. Town are third in the championship. I mean, how is it happening? How are we third? Twenty third best team in the country as we sit here right now. I mean, it's just, you, you just when even you just sit here and say it, you, you're almost like, is that really right? But it is. It absolutely is right. We are third in the Championship. Yeah, well, it's, it's a very simple formula, isn't it, Kev? If you win more games than you lose. <laughs> no, they've been sensational this calendar year. They've been great all season, but this calendar year, absolutely fantastic. Um, you can even take out the anomalies of QPR as a result and, and, and realise that they played quite well in that game. Um, you know, they've got the joint highest number of clean sheets in the league. Would have been one higher if Tommy's didn't squeak that last late goal uh, for Hull. Uh, and that speaks volumes, um, considering it's rarely been the same back line throughout the season. They've had to keep chopping and changing, and even to the point where they've had a couple of games with no centre-halves whatsoever. Um, that helps. You've got Adebayo, who, you know, if you t- if you take out Alexander Mitrovic from the situation and, and um, Dominic Solanke, pound for pound, he's probably the best striker in the in the league. I'd say if you, you know, Mitrovic is either too good for the Championship, but not good enough for the Premier League, <laughs> uh, and Solanke probably the same because he was a flop in the Premier League. Um, but you know. Adebayo has never, never been in the Premier League, um, so we've no idea the sky's the limit for him. But um, for the amount of money they pay for him, where he comes from, the amount of goals he's got, the assists, the way he works with the team and brings other players in, then that's, I think, pound for pound, he's got to be the best striker in the division. That helps. Obviously, he's got a good partnership with Cornick. He's now into double figures, so he's his best goal scorer in the season. Uh, and we've just talked about the midfield of Clark and Campbell. And really, Clark was fantastic before he got his head knocked off um, against West Brom. So he had to 
get back to full fitness and, and recover and, uh, and get back into it. And he's been wonderful since he's hit his stride. Campbell, I think, has been a fantastic find for the whole season. When you've got that sort of spine, you always talk about a spine, didn't you? A successful team, you've got that. And then you've got uh, players that have come in when called upon. Um, and yeah, he's not played as many minutes as he like, but Anya Din has been wonderful this last month um, before the uh, international break. Um, and you've got uh, Bell and Breeze been wonderful too. There's two fullbacks that have sort of got Luton back to that uh, full, flying fullback situation they used to have um yeah it's everything is just a sort of uh, an ingredient into the into the mixing bowl for it and um and and when you add into the fact that they all absolutely work their nuts off for each other it it really shouldn't be a surprise it shouldn't be a surprise maybe tony but is it a surprise uh honestly i'll say yes and no um Yes, because it's probably happening a lot quicker than we thought it would. But no, because uh, I always thought that we'd get there in the long run. Um, but it's very much like uh, Nathan said, is we, we tend to quietly go about our business. And uh, a few people are, are realising that we are a force to be reckoned with and, and, and we're doing it the right way as well. So... It's been proven before in, in uh, with Luton sides and, and, and with other teams. You don't have to go out there and spend mountains of cash to put together a good um, organised unit that's effective. And that's what we're doing. Uh, all the players have complimented each other. I think Nathan's got very, very little wrong in the transfer windows. And uh, the future looks uh, bright for us. I mean, you can tell that because there's... There's already rumours of clubs sniffing around. I mean, there's, there's stories going around about Burnley, Huddersfield, uh, amongst others are sniffing around uh, Elijah. And they're bound to be looking at our, our other players as well. But that's good. That's good. It shows we're on, on, we're on the right track. And uh, I, I think, you know, it, it's going to take some exceptional offers to, to prize players away from us. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's great. I think... You know, it, we're making the football world sit up and pay attention to it. And, and, and it's not a fluke. We're there on merit. And, it, and it's well-deserved. And, and uh, I, I'm very confident that we can maintain it. I think that's the thing, isn't it, James? We're not third in the Championship after three or four games. We're third in the Championship after 38 games. We are legitimate, legitimately a top three side right now. I mean, the stats all season long have been suggesting that we're a top six side. Every single player I've interviewed on the podcast, in the special podcast that we've had, have all told me top six is the aim. We believe we're a top six side. So maybe it shouldn't be a surprise that we're in the top six. Well, no, I think it's probably just the little Luton factor, isn't it? People don't um, think that Luton should be there based on, you know, short-term memories that people have in football. If you look at the, the you know, 10 years ago, they were in a conference and they think that, that shouldn't be happening. Uh, but, but it is. And it when you look at the league table, I wouldn't say 100% the table never lies because I think it definitely lied when Luton didn't win the League 2 table, <laughs> Elite League 2 title um, over with that printer. 
they were the better side, but just got pipped and weren't that consistent in the last run in, I suppose. Although there'll people there'll be people that say that what I've just said is nonsense. It, it is it is what it is. Accrington were the best side because they got the most points, and I totally take that point. Um, but over the course of this many games, you are where you are on merit, really. Um, and third is a wonderful, wonderful achievement. It's, it should. I know everybody's happy about it, um, and uh, rightly so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, happy doesn't even bring it bring it close. Really, absolutely. Yeah, delighted with how it's all going, and long may it continue. Uh, Tony, the last two games um, that we've won, the Preston game and the whole game, Dan Potts was the captain. He was also a captain against Chelsea, so he's been quite influential this month. And he has come in in a slightly unfamiliar position, albeit one that he's played before. Uh, and he's not put a foot wrong. In fact, he's been a calming influence in a defence that has been absolutely devastated by injuries. And, um, well, he, he's, he's just fitted in so, so well. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's he's one of the older heads there. I mean, he's been with us since the League Two days and uh, he's never let us down. I mean, you, you, can, you can tell the character of Dan Potts because the injuries that he's picked up in his time with us have basically been because he's put his body on the line for us. So you, you, you can't fault him for that. But I, I think he, 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 his best position is, is where he's playing lately, at, uh, you know, on the left-hand side of a back three. He looks really good there, far better than he does at wing-back. And uh, I think uh, he, he's got a hell of a job anyway to, to shift the Mari Bell from that slot anyway because he, he's playing out of his skin. But he, he's led by example, Dan Potts, and uh, it, another one that's pleasing to see come on. And, and he seems to be really enjoying his football at the moment. He does, James, and he's another one who's come on the journey with us from League Two all the way up to the Championship. Another one who's had to bide his time while others have been brought in in his position and replaced him, but not kicked up a fuss. And when he's got his chance, he's come in, played some great football, and and he and he really has shone in those two games in particular that I just mentioned. I think all his best performances in a Luton shirt have come as centre half. It's not just these two; he's played there a couple of times before. I think uh, that is his better role. He's good in the air. Um, he's a good tackler. When you compare what a centre-half has to do as to compared to what a left-back has to do in Luton formation, ideally, um, I just don't think he's up to the level of Amari um, Bell. He, he doesn't have the same uh, attacking berth. It's, it, it's more... Quite often you see you'll get to the halfway line and it won't be a forward ball, it would be a, a backward ball to the centre-half, whereas Bell is more attacking, he, he gets involved more, he's quicker. Um, and, uh, and that's not a criticism of Dan Potts because he's a defender first and foremost. And, you know, if, if that's your main talent, then centre-half is probably going to be your best bet. Um, well, certainly in a formation like Luton, in the way Luton want to play with, uh, with wits. Um, so yeah, it's it's no surprise to me that he performs really well when when called upon in, in, in the uh, centre half role, and also he's, he has he has got that experience with Luton. So when there's not a natural 
uh, experienced leader in the team, he can take the armband um, if needed. And, and it's shown with with the performances he has put in just before the um, international break. So uh, the, the, I suppose the difficulty is then that Luton do have four wonderful centre-halves. So, so how does he fit into the mix then? Is he still um, you know, a backup, backup player? Or as he forced his way in, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, won't we, in the coming games as to whether anyone's recovered or if they have, if, if he keeps his place. Has he forced his way in? Uh, oof. I mean, it's, that's a really tricky one because, yes, essentially he has, doesn't he? Um, but you've got... Um, uh, centre halves in in Burke, who's absolutely playing out of his skin before we get injured. Tom Lockyer, who is the best defender in the club, as far as I'm concerned, just defending, putting his body on the line, doing the nitty gritty stuff. And he's an international. Sonny's the captain, so if he comes back, does he get straight in? Just because of because of that experience. Um, it, it is a really tricky one. Um, it, who knows? Because you know, often you, you hear that if a player's performed well, and they'll, they'll stick with him out of uh, consistency. But there are always those key positions where you know some players, when they get fit, they'll be back in straight away. Um, so in defence, it's a tricky one because everybody, not just the centre-halves, everybody in defence has performed so fantastically this season. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be disappointed if he was in I wouldn't be disappointed if he's out I'd be very happy with whoever comes in because Luton could uh, you know probably they could probably get the kit man in and call him defender and suddenly he'll think he can keep a clean sheet <laughs> but it, it, isn't it great to have so many good centre-halves though mm. yeah, it, really the versatility of it is there's, there's no weakness in whoever comes in and that's a great place mm. There, there, there absolutely is. It really, it, it is crazy. And actually, what I like about Dan Potts as well is he's not scared of bringing the ball out. And there was quite a few times at Hull actually that he overlapped Amari Bell on the um, on the outside with his wing back sort of knowledge as well. So uh, when he is in that position, he's certainly um, some asset. That is for sure. Uh, speaking of assets, we've touched on it already, Tony. But I think he deserves the full player focus treatment, and that's. That's James Bree. Um, there's an argument to be had that he is sneakily Luton's best player this season. Yeah, um, he's certainly the most improved player, um, but he's he's up against some stiff opposition there in, in sort of like uh, Callum Naismith and Eddie Bio as well. But I'm so pleased for James Bree because he's showing he's got the ability. You know, it's always said he's got the ability. He just needs to come on and prove it. And he's done it in, in spades this season. Um, you know, and, and it, it's been difficult as well for him because, you know, he, he was taking most of the dead, dead situation and uh, he wasn't exactly doing well at it. But you know, over the latter part of last year, and and uh, certainly since uh, the new year, he he's definitely improved. And as we said earlier, that free kick on uh, on the game against Hull was absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And when he gets his dead ball situation 
right. It's exactly where it should should go. And he picks players out and he, he, he basically presenting them with a goal. When he gets it on, it, it, the trouble is when it when it's when he's off, it's it is off. It's bad, but he's he seems to be getting more and more consistent, which is good. What surprised me about that free kick, James, is that it was his first goal for Luton. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't really been in amongst them, although he's made more than made up for assists this season, hasn't he? Um, um, you know, James Bree for me. Um, you saw what sort of player he could be when Nathan Jones came back into the club in the Great Escape uh, section of the, the season, first season back in the Championship. He got a really great tune out of James Bree and then um, injuries didn't help him last season. Uh, it's a bit stop-start. Uh, and this season, I think he's been a high performer early part of the season. Uh, much was made of his deliveries and, you know, I, I think it was a frustration with me, I think, as well. A lot of, of putting the first man um, and stuff like that. But, you know, particularly since um, Sheehan has come in, uh, whatever Adam Sheehan has told him or taught him is paying dividends because more often than not, he's he's putting it in a dangerous area or better, sticking it on somebody's head or boot. Um, and it's such a great weapon to have. Um, there's no surprise in this school amount of goals they have off late because um, they've got they've got that height in the box at set pieces they can score um, look at Reese Burke against Chelsea uh, and they've got uh, poachers that can score in the likes of um, Adebayo and Berry and, uh, and players like that so it's one of the hardest <laughs> it, it, it's, it's really it, it's one of the most simplest things, isn't it, in the world to, to say, just got to get the ball in there. But to do, probably not. And I, I don't really understand why. If you're a professional footballer, you should be able to whip the ball in the box, I think. But clearly, it's a, it, it, in the actual um, evidence of it, it's a very different, difficult skill to have. And, you know, he's got it now. And you know, long may that continue because, uh, you know, it, it means Luton can score from so many different situations. Uh, if so people want to force Luton out wide, he can get it in the box and they can score. But they can also go through the middle with the likes of Jordan Clark uh, and Elijah doing it all himself by just harassing and pickpocketing defenders and stuff like that. So um, that's what you want, really, because often teams will try and focus on what they can do to shut you down. But if there's too many ways... It only takes one like, small lapse of concentration or one good bit of skill and, and looking her in. So um, it, it, it's good to see. Uh, and he's a massive part of, of Luton's attacking um, prowess, I think. Yeah, he is. No uh, defender in the Championships created more chances than um, James Free this season. Uh, okay, some of that is down to the fact that he takes set pieces, but he creates an awful lot in overplay. And that's actually why I'm surprised that it was his first goal. Bearing in mind, this is his third season at the club and he gets into some great positions. Um, you just would have thought he'd have scored between, you know, it's uh, before then. But if you're only going to score one in three years, make sure it's an absolute banger like uh, like that was at Hull. That is for um, absolute certain. Sounds like all right. I thought he'd scored before, James Bree. Yeah, no, I thought he had as well. But then he scored know, I, against I, Barnsley. No, I, I did too, but I'm pretty. 
reliably informed by those that seem to know more about this sort of stuff than I that that was his first Luton goal. So, um, I'm not sure. I'm going to look into this. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have little space, James. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know he did score. He scored against Coventry last season. Well, there you go. So, right. so, his second goal. His first of the season. The statisticians have uh, let everyone down there, then, haven't they? That is for sure. Well, that makes it, that makes more sense to me anyway. Because. Yeah. Um, it would have made no sense to me if that was his first goal for Luton because of the positions that he takes up, the positions that we get him into as a team. And um, yeah, fan- absolutely fantastic. And the versatility that he showed, I think actually he said in whichever game he got interviewed in, I presume it's the whole game off the top of my head, he actually said that he came through Villa's uh, system playing centre-back and then in doing so, he'd have learnt under John Terry. So he certainly uh, had a pretty decent sort of guide to uh, to be able to play centre-back there. So, so what you're saying, Kev, you're telling us to look up our wives and girlfriends? Well, I mean, possibly, but, you know, I don't think He's... John Terry had a Eurythmic song um, <laughs> sung about it, so maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Bree's one step ahead of him sort of thing. Or if for some reason he doesn't feature in the last game where they win some silverware, he'll have his kit on underneath his tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> he might. He, he may. He may well do that. He may very well do that. Uh, the, uh, the the great thing is that Breezy's playing fantastic football. Uh, he mentioned in that interview. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was after the whole game. Uh, that he he loves having the song sung. He enjoys hearing it. And uh, why wouldn't he? Because you know he's going to hear it an awful lot more between now and the end of the season with all these sellouts uh, in Luton games that are to come. Uh, that's our look at what's been and gone, uh, our sort of joy of being third in the table and uh, everything else. Uh, in part two, we'll look at what is to come and uh, go through a couple of other sort of topics of the time. So uh, make sure you uh, switch over to part two as soon as you can. Yeah.